bought that many hot dogs. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, la- last week we had the Easter in East Waco Park, which is just right over there, Hood Street Park or um, Wilbur Austin. Austin. Is everyone just using all three names? It's really officially renamed to Wilbur Austin. All right, officially. Wilbur Austin, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to adopt that in our verbiage. Okay. <laughs> well, we packed it out. We played games. We had, we had food. We did, we did the food. Uh, we had uh, Easter egg hunt. There was a sermon. There was a bunny. Um, bunnies, just in general, that mask is frightening. Um, uh, but the most interesting part to me, um, besides all the work that was poured into it, everyone, let's round of applause for Darius and Micah. <laughs> um, was the pinata. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, now, if you think, think about this, like, just think of our practice of, for pinatas. For pinatas, we, we blindfold a kid, um, give him a, a metal bat, <laughs> spin him around so he's off balance, <laughs> and then tell him to hit a paper mache donkey. There it is again. Uh, <laughs> start swinging. And have tied it to a rope that we hop up and down and up and down. So if he misses, he might fall forward into the circling crowd around him. Um, we still have some good traditions, don't we? <laughs> it's a fun tradition. Um, but after a few kids almost got hit in the face, um, uh, one of the kids hit it so hard that it, it, it seemingly bust open. And there was like all this great excitement followed by a very audible uh, low. Of, of sound of disappointment. Ugh. Like, it like we hit it, and it looked like it bust open, and nothing came out. <laughs> and I heard one person go, is it empty? <laughs> and me being the pastor at the time, uh, I was like, this is a perfect time to, to, for my sermon. Um, and I said, it's empty, just like the tomb. <laughs> and just for a couple of kids to discuss, we're like, like, this can't be one of those events. <laughs> you don't do that to kids. <laughs> but me and Malcolm had a great laugh about that. <laughs> We're like, that would be great. They will remember it for the rest of their lives. <laughs> the piñata was empty, like the tomb. <laughs> but thankfully, like, one more hit, and that thing popped open, and it was dangerous. Kids were flying in there, like, so hard. <laughs> and they got the, the joy, the joy of, of what's inside there. And so I just think, isn't that crazy that that was like a week ago? Like, it, is it crazy that Easter was last Sunday? Does that not feel like forever ago? And so let me ask you, what, what's changed for you in a week? I mean, Easter was only a week ago. What's changed for you this afternoon <laughs> from this morning? Like, my perception of time just seems to just keep changing and changing as I get older. I'm like, I can't believe that's happened. But I'm asking you, is, here's the big question. Is the tomb still empty? Is he still risen? And so I want to read um, from Matthew 28. This is the account right after the resurrection. There's so much buildup for Easter. There, there, some of y'all practiced uh, Lent. Some of y'all did Monday, Thursday services, Good Friday services, Easter egg hunts. Um, you had the joy of Easter, Easter morning, true celebration, jubilee, like the kids jumping in there for the candy. Um, but what today? Now that it's been a week, now we've had it settle. I want to look at this passage and find out what happens right after the resurrection. And so Matthew 28, I'll read the uh, uh, 
verse 5 and 6 to kind of give us a, a kind of a remember what's going on there. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come, see the place where he lay. And then verse 11. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priest all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people. His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. To this day. This is the word of the Lord. And in some circles we say, thanks be to God. So this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We like having conversations. We like having conversations. Um, All right, so verse 11 tells us that the chief priests heard the truth of what happened. They got the reports, um, all that had taken place, that this is bad news for them. They, they had heard that Jesus, who they had made all, they lied about and, and made everyone kind of force into this crucifixion. Uh-oh, we killed this guy and he just rose from the grave. And they heard the reports that there was this great earthquake, that this, this angel came from heaven and rolled back a stone and he sat on it. In verse 3 of the, uh, chapter 20, it says, and his appearance was like lightning and clothing white as snow. And for fear, the guards trembled and became like dead men. I just love this whole, whole section here of 28 where it just, you, have, you have angel descending from the sky. We're not sure what that looks like. And the angel, he looks like lightning <laughs> and he had snow clothes, Right? <laughs> clothing white as snow looked like lightning and snow clothes and throws this huge boulder aside and sits and is like what's going on (laughs) and the guards are are trembling with fear like dead men which i love just how it says that but then he he calms the women (laughs) like he he leaves the guards in their fear (laughs) they're frozen in fear verse five but the angel said to the women do not be afraid. <laughs> for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And so in verse 12, we, we, we get that the, this report is told to the chief priests. So they know what's happened. And yet they think, we can't have that. And so they bribe the guards that his disciples came by night and stole him away. They, they set this lie in place that Jesus' body was stolen. And that day, in 33 AD, that lie has been placed, this little kernel of untruth has been placed to this day, in, in Matthew's time, is being still believed. So why bribe them? Why bribe them? Because for, for a guard, I mean, their lives are at stake. If, if, they, for, if they just fell asleep while this body was stolen, they could have been executed for that. And so they must have had this huge sum of money paid to them. And so then you think of the chief priests. Why would they do this besides just believing in the truth that this guy rose from the dead? Why don't they just go, oh, no, he was telling the truth. Let's believe. They're the ones that actively killed him. And it's like doubling down on a lie and saying, here's what we need to do. Let's let's plant this lie here because our influence is at stake. I mean, we, we claimed that he was a fraud, a scam artist, a demon. 
We need to discredit him and his followers even more. And now the very credibility of Christianity is at stake here because 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that if the resurrection is true, then, everything's, then everything goes out. Our faith is futile. And so the priests use their influence to even go as far in verse 14 to, to vouch for those guards so that if, it does, if the reports do go all the way up to the governor that these, these guards are going to get killed for it, they say, like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. And so there's a lot of politics going on in here. But verse 15, so they took the money and did as they were directed, and this story has been spread among the Jews to, to this day. So Matthew, it's not a game of telephone where he's just like, yeah. No, Matthew's writing 30 years after this crucifixion. So that the people alive then are alive now. He's writing 30 years after this, and so there are witnesses that he's saying, you can go ask them what happened. 30 years later, like, like people are still alive, and people are still now believing this lie to this day, which I think means more today in Matthew's time than even did uh, in our time than it does in Matthew's time. That we still believe this lie. There's so many lies. Have you guys you've heard this lie that his body was stolen? This is the, the stolen body theory. It's this conspiracy theory that the disciples said, you know what we need to do? We, we need to double down. We thought Jesus was the guy. Clearly he was not. And so let's swipe his body and say that he resurrected. What's wrong with that? Well, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that he says, well, Jesus appeared to Peter. Okay, so Peter's lying. Then he appeared to all of the 12. Okay, they're all lying. Then he appeared to 500 at once. And Paul says, most of who are alive today. Again, saying, go talk to them. Ask them. And then in this test, when Jesus, this resurrection testimony, who's the ones to find him first? The women. The women who, in this paternalistic society, their testimony doesn't count in court. So why say... Well, the women were the one to find him. And you're like, well, okay, well, that doesn't count. Why, why would you make that up if you were lying about this? And then if you are lying about this, at what point do you give up your lie? You go to the grave with it? Think of the disciples. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. I mean, doubting Thomas, no longer doubting, was speared to death for his faith. So at what point do you, do you give up this lie? A lie has to benefit you in some way, but at some point you're going, this is not benefiting us. And so this, this theory of, of, of the stolen body doesn't, doesn't seem to, to stand up here, but another theory that someone puts forward, uh, instead of the one that the chief priest put forward right there, is this, this called the swoon theory. Have you heard of this one? Where Jesus didn't actually really die, he just passed out on the cross. He fainted. He swooned. And so he was presumed dead. You've heard this one? So Jesus was on the cross. He looked like he died. They put him in the tomb. Oh! He's like the bad guy at the end of a movie. He doesn't die. What's the problem with that? Again, this is, this is the death penalty for those Roman soldiers if they botched a crucifixion. 
Also, these are Roman soldiers who are experts in, in finding ways to kill people. And then they didn't break his legs as a way to try to make sure he died. He had no broken bones. So they, because they, they were sure he was dead, they stabbed a spear in him and there, were, there was blood and water showing that he was asphyxiating. And if he was swooned, if he was fainting, at what point did he then regain his energy and overpower these guards? Like, like the Hulk Hogan, like... I am a... That's an old reference. I shouldn't use that. I'll use old references in our sermons. <laughs> uh, but then the same fainting, swooned, swooned, uh, swooned, swooned uh, Jesus then is able to move a giant boulder himself. Because the Romans wouldn't move it. Otherwise they die. The Jews wouldn't move it because they're like, okay, that proves our case. What's going on here? So that one doesn't seem to hold up, but there's another one that's I think is the best. I think it's the best one. It's, it's the hallucination theory that everyone was just high. <laughs> and they just saw Jesus. They're like, "Do you see that?" <laughs> so that one doesn't make sense either because it's hard to like have like the same hallucinations. I wouldn't know um, <laughs> publicly. Um, <laughs> But have 500 people see the same hallucination? <laughs> no, it looks like a unicorn. <laughs> I don't think that would happen. Um, but joking aside, what, what Matthew says here in verse 15, to this day, to this day, doubt remains. Doubt remains that he died and that he rose again. That we doubt that today. And I think for us, some of us, we don't have these arguments thought out, thinking, this is why I doubt this. I think for us, the, the issue with us, we doubt that it's relevant. Like, I think the devil uses different strategies at different times throughout history to deceive us. And it may have been the, the well-thought-out arguments then, but I think for today, the devil just uses noise. Mm. We have so much to think about in our lives right now. Kirk, we talked about this. Like we have so much that we, we were like processing. that like It's hard for us to like think through, what do I care about right now? We have so much to scroll through, noise, so much to process, you know, to keep swiping. Are these articles, should I read them or should I not? Noise. This book, this movie, should I watch, should I not? Sports, life updates, what someone said, what they ate, what they saw, what they heard, what was on their Instagram story, what was on their actual Instagram. And you're like, I, I can't catch it all. <laughs> but there's just so much noise that we just caught up. We don't have enough mental space to remember, what did I even do yesterday? What happened last Sunday? Last Sunday was Easter? We just hit with so much information that our brain could just literally shut down here. And I think the devil is using noise to silence us. The devil uses noise to silence us and to create this doubt in there. And that, did that really happen? Does that actually matter? That was so long ago. I mean, noise is just audible sounds that has no music behind it. You can go to my drum group. (laughs) Jay Chides. I'm trying to teach the difference between noise and music, right, Haley? (laughs) Music takes notes and puts them in a story and gives them meaning 
I'm not saying don't stay up with current events. Like, I think we, we need to. I think we have to. We should. We should be aware that last Sunday on Easter in Sri Lanka, that three churches were bombed. And over 250 people were killed. Like, we should take notice of that. But remember that the grave is still empty in light of that, which makes that bombing so idiotic that people will do that on that day. Because you can't touch those people. Like, it just doesn't make sense. The devil's that dumb. We should be aware that three black churches were burned in 10 days in Louisiana. I mean, it's just horrendous. But how does that intersect with the most important thing of last week, that of the resurrection? That God is making all things new, even, even in Louisiana. <laughs> There's a rapper, Nipsey Hussle, who died earlier this spring, that the community is mourning, and we should grieve, we should mourn, but we should also remember Easter in light of that. That Jesus has defeated death. And so I ask you, with someone that we talked about earlier, has someone, have you lost someone recently? Like, it's relevant. <laughs> that the lie the devil is trying to spread to you right now is that, well, that was last week, and so it's irrelevant. But even more so, he's saying that was 2,000 years ago, and so it's even more so irrelevant, and maybe it was just a myth. Do not believe that lie. If, if, if it wasn't true for, then doubting Thomas and doubting Peter wouldn't have been martyred. They were the doubters. Like there's no, there wasn't a change of trajectory of them like going this way. They were going down, right? They were doubting. Even doubting Judas might've lived longer if he wouldn't have believed this lie. But it is true and it's still relevant because we all have to know. Was it empty? Yes, it's empty. And here's the beautiful thing. Your grave is going to be empty too. Isn't that weird to think about? Your grave will be empty. Like that's not, that's six feet under is not, is not it. In the, in a blink, in a twinkling of the eye, right? We shall all be made new. We will be resurrected too. And so say with me, he is risen. He is risen indeed. And so to this day, what makes you doubt the resurrection? Is it one of those theories? Is it a persisting sin? What makes you believe the lie to this day? To this day, is it the noise? Are Are we just caught up with so much that we can't slow down and hear the melody of the resurrection? Go to Jesus. <laughs> he beat hell and all of his friends. Go to Jesus, who's the death killer. He's killing death. And he took the full wrath of God on the cross. He took the wrath and protected us from God's wrath so that we wouldn't have one single drop of it out of love for you and me. So go to him, what he's done for us. Let's pray. God, we thank you that your word reminds us that there are uh, forces out there that are trying to get us to doubt. Add our own sinful, idle hearts in there. And temptations. And Lord, it feels like we don't have a chance. But again, Lord, let us don't believe that lie. Because you have attached yourself to us. And you've put your heart 
uh, your, your, your spirit inside our hearts. And so, Lord, we are never away from your presence. So, Jesus, um, be with us now. Help us to, to sit and think on what you have said in your word. Y'all, we're going to use this time right now um, in our services to, to have some silent response, to, to, to pray and think, but also to confess. And then we're going to move into a time of confession. And so take 30 seconds. Um, just talk to Jesus.